0: Filtration media to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even rocket science. It's basic science. And, and um, uh, you know, the, the things about the, um, well, I don't want to get into all that, but it just, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the government complains that we don't have confidence in them. But when they do things like that, that are obviously not uh, very logical, it's, it's tough to have confidence in them. But it doesn't matter. We have confidence in the Lord Jesus. And even if they did work, my confidence is always in the Lord anyway. Amen. Uh, things like penicillin have been miracle drugs, you know, from really from about the 40s and 50s on till today. They've developed so many great miracle drugs. Uh, but even with those, my faith is still in the Lord and not in, in the medical world. Amen. Uh, and as long as our faith is always in the Lord, you know, it doesn't matter what they say or what they do. Uh, you know, if we have to follow a law that, you know, that doesn't cons- conflict with the word of God, we can do that. Um, but my faith and trust is never in the government or, or in the CDC or in the medical world. Uh, and that's not because I don't trust them that they're that they're or think that they're always wrong it's just they never can have the complete answer right uh, and so um, and that, that's a reflection of the limitation of the the knowledge of humanity uh, and so um, uh, the thing we have to be careful as a Christian is to not become anti-things right I mean we we go along with the flow as long as it lines up with the Word of God, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we stay with the Word. Amen. Other than that, we just kind of let it let it alone. And uh, the Lord's never called us to pick it, you know, and 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 um, do all these things against uh, society and, and governments. You know, Jesus was was under the authority of the Roman government when he was on this earth, one of the worst governments ever. If you were not a Roman citizen, right? Which of course most of the Jews were not. Some of them were, but um, he said very very little about. Government, right? I mean, every now and then, but it means like one or two phrases in all of the Gospels, and so that kind of tells us the balance that we need to keep. You know, that we we got to uh, resist becoming a political church. And in fact, Brother Randy was talking about a minister that he knew that really lost everything because he would shifted his ministry from being a ministry of the Word and of the Spirit to being a ministry of politics, right? And uh, and everything was a conspiracy against the church, and everything was this and that, uh, and so. Well, there's the rain right there, right? So you may have to turn me up, Jared. So, um, but um, so, um, and the minister ended up dying young because he got out of his path, right? And the, uh, as ministers, we're supposed to preach the gospel, right? So the gospel is not whatever's against the, the government, the gospel is what the word of God says. Amen? So we got to find the balance in, in all those things. And um, the thing we got to do is never never be led by fear. And never be led by coercion we do what the Word of God says and uh, and then we go on right and so um, uh, so Chris will have a good time up there with some friends there in uh, Canada uh, and uh, she'll be back with us um, uh, late tomorrow actually she'll be back in town then and be here for the church on Sunday so but I'm glad she's getting to do that Uh, those are great folks there and um, uh, she'll get to see everybody in fact if I'm not mistaken like uh, they're they're having a staff meeting there in Toronto with uh, her boss and and all the people on her boss's staff which is her and, and other people and i think there's four of them from the staff going to this church service so uh so that's pretty good right so um help help them all out so uh but um anyway praise god so the lord is good and um why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight so father we thank you for the word of god we thank you father for being good to us for being kind to us and father we thank you that your word is true and that you've given us such great blessings on this earth father and, Lord, we thank you and we give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. We'll get started there tonight. So uh, we, we got into last week about uh, the name of Jesus, and, um, uh, and I thought it'd be good. I, you know, I don't know that I want to go through, through everything. I mean, I've got 37 pages of notes just on the name of Jesus, and I don't, I don't know that I want to go through all 37 pages of those notes, um, But uh, we read here in Philippians chapter two, let's start in verse nine. It says, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And remember, we talked about that word exalted here. Uh, It's the same English word as used other places, but it's the only time this particular Greek word was used because it's really highly exalted as one word in in the Greek. Uh, And so it means exalted like no one else is exalted. So that means that uh, we have to allow that Jesus is is greater than us, which is fine, right? And, And glad for it to be that way. Um, and uh, and because of that, we, we honor and worship him. He's the only one worthy to be worshiped. And as a result of the obedience of Jesus, so from verses 5 through 8, we read about the obedience of Jesus and what he did, did on our behalf, and because of, of uh, his work in being obedient, the Lord said that he gave him a name which is above every name. Uh, and it says, at that, that At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. So, those are, the, those are the only three places where everything exists, right? Either it's it's uh, uh, above the earth, or uh, or in the heavens, um, or things on the earth, or things under the earth. So we know things under the earth is all the demonic powers, and things in the earth is humanity, and also a lot of demonic powers live in the earth. Uh, but even things in the heavens, right? So if there's anything in the heavens that uh, there are there are uh, in the first heavens, there there are. Uh, we wicked, uh, can wicked spirits in high places right so there's spiritual wickedness in high places so that's in the first heaven there's three heavens right uh, paul talked about going to the third heaven uh which is where god resides uh but the first heaven is is here in the sky above the earth the second heaven is is basically everything outside of our sky or immediate atmosphere so that's all the universe and then the third heaven is actually where the lord resides and i've heard people say things like you know there's heaven is a planet I don't know where they get that from, right? Because it's in the spirit realm. So it could be anywhere. It could be everywhere for all we know. Uh, and, um, I mean, I, that's just, isn't that odd? You ever, ever heard that, that heaven is a planet? Like you could take a rocket ship and get there? Well, you can't take a rocket ship and get there. It's, it's a different realm, right? It resides in the unseen realm, right? Then the Bible talks about the unseen realm. So uh, if you hear any odd things like planet, heaven is a planet, it's like, wow, whatever, you know? Um, but Paul just mentioned a third heaven so that's that's the way it, it's set up right so it, the, the first heaven is what we can see in the sky here the clouds and the atmosphere second heaven is the stars in the in the universe third heaven is the realm of the spirit uh, and so uh, so this this name covers every realm right covers everywhere that uh, we we would need to to go so people wonder well what happens if we go to the moon well that's that's above the earth right if it's above the earth then the name of Jesus will work there, right? Um, uh, or in the heavens. Uh, and so uh, it will work on Mars, right? It'll work on Pluto. It'll work on, in your back door. So, um, so that's the name of Jesus. And that uh, was given to us uh, that every knee should bow of uh, things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. So that phrase is, is referencing um, the aspect of authority, right? So when authority walks into a situation, Everyone who is subject to that authority will bow their knee, right? So when a king walks in, all the subjects bow their knees, right? And then you make it one stubborn person, you know, and the king will just bury them in the backyard, right? I mean, uh, and so, uh, but what what you find in the realm of the spirit is, you know, in the natural world, sometimes people think that they can uh, be rebellious and stand against the man or authority, right? until the man or authority comes with a bigger gun than you've got, and then, then you'll always yield, right, or, or not survive the, the, uh, the altercation. But in the realm of the Spirit, it really doesn't work that way. In the realm of the Spirit, once the authority is expressed, it always yields, right? And in the realm of the Spirit, it always yields. Uh, and, and that should help us understand. Now, sometimes, you know, the devil will, will pause and hesitate for a moment to see if you're uh, if uh, if you're for real, right? Uh, you remember when, when Jesus was there with the, the gathering demoniac, uh, he asked the spirits, what is your name? And it says, because he had been asking them or commanding them to leave, and they hadn't left yet. So sometimes they will delay, but they will ultimately always leave, right? They will alt- ultimately always yield to, uh, to your authority. So let's turn back to the book of Acts chapter uh, 3 there. I just want to read. Um, so I, I thought it'd be helpful just to spend... A little time maybe a week or two um, and of course we make no promises right so it's not a contract we're not signing any contracts or anything but just spend a little time talking about the name of Jesus because if you think about the three things that God gave to us when he left this earth when Jesus left this earth there are three things he gave to us that uh, gives that empowers the Christian to be successful in his life right the very first one is the word of God uh, and, it's, and it's the highest, his, the, the Word of God is above even His name, right? The Word of God is the highest authority that we have. So if we, if we have any questions of would God do this or God not do that, then the ultimate authority is the Word of God. So everything else will line up with the Word of God, right? Nothing else will, will, will go against the Word of God. The second thing was the Spirit of God, right? So He gave the Spirit of God. He said, it's expedient for you that I go away so that I can send the comforter, right? And then, of course, the We know that the end game of the plan of redemption was to get the Spirit of God in us, and really to get the Spirit of God in us and fill us with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, right? How many Christians did the Lord intend to be Pentecostal? All of us, right? He never intended to be crazy group and sane group over here, right? And, you know, uh, holy rollers over here and normal people over there, whatever normal is, right? He always intended for the whole church to be spirit-filled and tongue-talkers, Right? And, and I don't even know why that's controversial. You read the Word of God, you read the New Testament. There's no other conclusion that you come to. But I, you know, I've even know some quotes, biblical scholars, who are in the charismatic world. Oh, it, it was never God's intent that everybody speak with the tongues. That's really an odd thing. And you can't. I mean, everywhere they went in the Book of Acts, how many people spoke in tongues? Well, everybody, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it's I don't even. I don't, it's exhausting sometimes why people just want to find doctrine that's different for the sake of being different, right? I mean, if you've got a billion Pentecostals who have, who have researched this for a hundred years, and we've all come to the same conclusion, it's obvious from the Word of God, it's clear, it's plain, and yet somebody goes, no, that's not what it means. And then they tell you why it means, and, and, and I've listened to them, because, you know, sometimes it's good to hear uh, even what dumb people say, you know, but you listen to them, and it's like, that doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, you know, th- what you said over here doesn't even line up with what the Word of God says over there you know, if you look at the whole plan of redemption and you look at the the desire to be spirit-filled and speak in other tongues, that's in the whole plan of it from Old Testament, right? Isaiah, he prophesied that with stammer lips, right, that uh, uh, we would speak, and Joel, that he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, there's not a lot of insight in the Old Testament, but once you hit the New Testament, and especially the book of Acts forward, you've got all of the book of Acts talks about it, right? And you've got uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 has a lot to say about it, right? Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's a very well-documented doctrine. So, uh, But he gave that to us. Uh, well, how powerful is the Spirit of God? Pretty powerful, right? So if you look at, you know, um, and you can be a little careful making this too constraining, but, you know, if you look at kind of how the Lord has set them up, you know, we know God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they're all God, right? But they tend to have unique, Responsibilities, and it seems as though all things are wrapped up in God the Father. That He has a plan for everything. That he, that's His His goal and desire of what, what's happening, and uh, and then He will once He decides on something, He will hand it to Jesus, the administrator. Of here, you go figure out how to do this. And not that He has to figure out anything, but you know that's He hands it to He hands His vision and, and will to Jesus to go implement it, and then Jesus will implement it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says all things were created by Jesus, but they were created by him by the expression of the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And so so that power lives inside of you and me, right, as part of our Christian life. It lives inside of us. So uh, then the last thing he gave to us then is the name of Jesus. So he gave us the word of God, the the spirit of God, and the name of Jesus. Uh, And those are the three tools that he gave the church. And, uh, and then, of course, he assigned people, you know, minister gifts. But uh, every Christian has those three tools available to them, right? All ministers, all Christians. We have those three tools available to us. And so if you think about it, uh, in, what, in what scenario could we arrive at where we would not have the advantage in every scenario? You know, I mean, if you're, if you're doing a, a tug of war, right? And you got, you know, all these four-year-old children over here. And you got a professional football player over here. Well, who's going to win? Well, the football players won, right? So Jesus is our football. Everywhere we go, he's, you know, he, this is Jesus, right? You go to a food eating contest, right? And you got, you know, a uh, toddler over here and you got, you know, a 600-pound sumo wrestler over here, right? Well, who's going to win? Well, the sumo wrestler is going to win, right? I mean, you know, I'm with him, right? That's all you got to say. I'm with him, right? And, and as long as you're with him, you're good, right? Uh, and, and everywhere we go, that's where we are. We, we carry in us the greatest power that's been known to, I mean, that exists, right? There is no greater power than the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the exact same power that Jesus operated in, in the earth. And that's with us. And yet, how many Christians are defeated on a regular basis? With, with whatever, right? Defeated by their thought life, defeated by their neighbor, defeated by their job or the economic circumstances or the woes of life or sickness and disease. Or, I mean, all the maladies that, that every human being faces in life uh, it will overwhelm and consume as many people in a church as people outside the church oftentimes uh, and yet how is that possible you know now it's it's uh, of course the lord won't won't uh, assert himself unless we allow him to assert himself in our lives right so he remains passive until we call upon the name right uh, but if we choose not to call upon the name He's powerless to do anything, right? I mean, you remember there in, in, in Mark chapter 5, where he, or Mark chapter 6, where he was at his own hometown, he said he could there do no mighty works. Well, does that mean that his power was diminished there in Nazareth? No, his same exact power, right? Everywhere he went, same power. He didn't have less power over here, more power over there, same power. And yet, the people constrained the operation of his power. Well, you, you were the greatest constraint of the power of God operating in your life nobody else around you you know as far as you're concerned right as far as your health and your soundness of mind and your victory in your own personal life the greatest constraint is you it's not people around you your the circumstances the greatest constraint is always you right how how willing are you are you to yield to the word of god the spirit of god in the name of jesus right so so the church has the the greatest tools available to it, And those three things, right? Those th- and that's all we've been given. And I don't mean all as in that's not enough. I mean, all that, that's, that's, all that, that's all that's necessary, right? So uh, there's no reason why the church can't be victorious, literally in every, circ- every circumstance, right? What, what does uh, 1 John 5, 4 say? This is the victory that overcom- overcometh the world, even what? Our faith, right? Even our faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So, so it, our faith in what? In those three things, right? the name of Jesus the spirit of god and the word of god and our faith is always is is built upon the word of god right it's it's initiated by the name of Jesus and it's backed up by the spirit of god uh, and if we would operate those three things so we we search the scriptures to build our faith right what what can i do what can't i do what what does so you know for example uh, do we have spiritual authority over somebody else's spirit so can i can i command your spirit to be born again no, so because human beings are sovereign, right? So we know that's a constraint. We know that we can't go do that. And yet people, you know, in the name of Jesus, get saved. Not going to work, right? And yet people have, you reckon anybody's tried that? People try, you know, dumb things like that all the time, right? Does our authority reside in things beside the name of Jesus? Like in this Bible or the cross, we talked about that, right? Holy water, right? No. What, how many people have you seen? I've seen it plenty of times. You know, use a Bible, you know. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to put this Bible on you, and this Bible will will cause this spirit to come out of you. Well, the problem with using your Bible to cast the devil out, what are you basing your faith upon? What word word of God, what promise in the word are you saying, I'm standing on this promise, and um, this promise says, if I lay the Bible on you, devils will be cast out. Any promise like that? No promise like that. So, so that means if there's no promise, there can be no faith. If there's no faith, then there can be no power. So it's just not going to work, right? It's for show. And yet we do that all the time, don't we, in the church. We, we come up with things, phrases, whatever, and, and, and uh, uh, we talked a little bit about the, the, the blood of Jesus, using the blood of Jesus to, to uh, plead the blood, right? Uh, if you all have been searching for that phrase in the Bible since we talked about that, <clears throat> anybody found it? <clears throat> you know why you couldn't find it? You know why you couldn't find it? It ain't there, right? So, uh, now, are we, are we trying to be controversial? Are we trying to be, like I said earlier, where you have trying to be different for different sake? No, my, my, my concern is, what's the foundation for my faith in that phrase, right? Uh, because my faith can't reside in, well, it worked for me. Yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, you know, as a baby Christian, how many things that you said or prayed for that you still got and happened and you realize, you look back later, it's like, I can't imagine why the Lord did that for me, right? Because it wasn't really right. It wasn't exactly correct doctrinally. But, you know, the Lord sometimes will have mercy on us anyway because we're all kind of dumb trying to get our way, to, you know, growing up. Uh, but as you grow in the Lord, you, you, what you find out as you grow in the Lord is that the Lord's pickier about your doctrine, pickier about your faith, pickier about you doing things according to the Word of God. And... Um, and some things that may have worked a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, just won't work today. And that's just because the world expects more of us. And as we grow up, you know, it's like, okay, well, when they were young, we kind of let it slide, but now they're older. It's like, look, you know, I mean, you got to straighten up and so, uh, do it right. So, uh, we, we've been given those three tools. And with those three tools, we have the capacity to conquer the whole world, right? To conquer Everything in front of us to conquer every circumstance and be victorious in every every situation. Uh, and that's what first uh, John five, four says, right? This is the victory though, overcome the world, even our faith. So it's our faith in the word of God, empowered by his spirit with the authority of the name of Jesus. Uh, so our faith is the beginning of all that, though, right? Our faith cannot release the authority of the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and that faith has to be based upon the word of God. So, but it, it's going to start with our faith, amen? Uh, and until our faith is expressed and utilized, nothing will, will change, right? You know, one of the Lord showed me one time years ago that uh, it's not the only purpose, but uh, a primary purpose of our faith is to, is, is to uh, affect our lives and cause all of our circumstances to line up with the Word of God. So it's used to change our circumstances to line up with the Word of God. So if you're sick, then use your faith to change that circumstance and get it to line up with the Word of God that you are a human being living in divine health. Uh, and, and if you're broke, use your faith to change that circumstance to get back into a prosperous situation so that you can prosper the church to go out and do the work of the Lord, right? Uh, if you're depressed, use faith over to change that circumstance, to be filled with the joy of the Lord uh, and to never be depressed again. So you change. Uh, if nothing is changing, right, then there's no faith going out because every time faith is expressed, something changes. Amen? Something has to change. You had faith to get born again. So you were, you were unsaved before. Faith was expressed. You, you are now saved. Your spirit is born again. Uh, and so anytime faith is expressed, something is different. You know, what, your circumstance, your situation, your location, you, you know, your emotional state, you know, something has changed every time faith is expressed. So that should help us understand well, Lord, I'm exactly the same. You know, everything is exactly the same. As it was five years ago. Nothing has changed. Well, then that's kind of an indictment on us. Right. If you tell me, well, you know, nothing ever gets better in my life. OK, then what you've told me is that then you've never expressed faith because if faith is ever expressed, something changes. Right. And until we look exactly like Jesus, talk exactly like Jesus, live exactly like Jesus, faith is going to be necessary. Now, um, you know, the Lord doesn't suffer any, any limitations, right? But he used faith. He says, by faith, the worlds were created. So even God has faith, right? And he uses faith to still change circumstances, but not from bad to good, but just to good, right? To, from good to better, right? He, nothing existed. He wanted something to exist in a different realm that he was in called the universe. And he said, I think I'll do it. Let's create a sun, you know, light be. And bam, there's a trillion stars. That's pretty good, right? Uh, and so, so faith will always cause something to change. And it doesn't have to be something from bad to good. It could be something that is fine to better, right? Uh, and so um, uh, because I, now I don't know what we will use faith for when we, when we cross over into heaven and, and all of, you know, at the end of time when everything is fixed, you know, and we get new heaven, new earth, and the devil's thrown the lake of fire forever. I, I can guarantee, I don't know what we will, but we will do something with faith. We will create new universes, new... I mean, who knows? And I don't want to get into weird stuff, you know, because, oh, you're talking about aliens, and I don't want to get all this... But I can guarantee you, because God's a faith God, He has always been a faith God. We will be faith people, amen? Some, and, and how that will be expressed, I don't know. So uh, we, we have three tools, and with those three tools, that's sufficient to conquer the universe, right, as a, as, as a church. And the church should be the most victorious, happiest, healthiest, prosperous people on the face of the earth, Amen. We should have the most stable minds, the the best emotions, uh, the the best jobs, the the best everything, right? Uh, so that we have the capacity to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, Amen. Uh, and we can't preach, you know. Pe- uh, people say you shouldn't go on mission fields because it costs too much money. That you know, why can't we use faith to obtain the the fund the funding to do that, right? That that's such a such a narrow Uh, uh, vision, right? Well, we can't do this thing over here because we don't have the money. Uh, In fact, a minister the other day said something about that if you ever make a decision based upon money, you're always wrong. You should base everything based upon the will of God. Is it the will of God for you to do this? Whatever that thing is, right? And then if it is, then you believe God for the finances, right? Now, I understand you don't write faith checks, right? But, you know, you can find out, Lord, is it the will of God for you to buy the new car? And I'll be like, well, you know, how are you gonna pay for it? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're if you're ninety percent in debt, it's probably not the will of God for you to get that car, right? Because He doesn't want you to be become you know buried in debt, right? Uh, and so, so we've be given those three things, and of course, uh, as the as a church, I want to read this uh, this scripture here. In uh, this is Acts chapter three. We know at the beginning of this chapter was the man at the at the gate, beautiful, right? That that was. Uh, um, uh, uh, in verse 2, it says, And a certain uh, man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in the temple. And so the, he got healed, right, supernaturally by Peter and John. Uh, and, and Peter comes down, uh, and of course they, they, uh, they, they grab Peter, and they're not happy with him. Uh, and it says in verse 16, it says, And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So, uh, now, uh, through faith in his name. So who had the faith? It's not a trick question, right? It's, uh, It's Peter and John, right? They're the ones who had the faith. The man had no faith. He didn't know anything about Jesus, right? So Peter and John, and really primarily Peter, expressed faith. But what was his faith in? His faith was in the name of Jesus. My faith, I believe that when I speak this name, that's faith, right? I believe when I speak this name, something will change. Uh, and in this circumstance, what will change is the man will go from a, st- a point of not being able to walk to a, a point of being... A, so that, that's my faith, right? I have to have faith in that. So it's not, well, let's say the name of Jesus and see if it works. Is that faith? You know, faith is not, well, let's just try it and see. That's not, you know... Faith says... Before it ever happens, when I do this, it will happen. That's faith, right? Uh, and so, because that's what Peter said. He said, and his name through faith in his name. So he's saying that it's his name that gave him the authority to do it. But it's my faith in his name that caused it to happen. So his name was plenty sufficient to do the work. But until, it was, until the name was expressed with faith, nothing was going to happen, right? Uh, has made this man strong. The faith which is by him. So... Peter's recognizing that our faith comes from the Lord, right? So it's really, it's, you know, in essence, it's his faith, but he gives it to us to use, right? So my faith in him, but it's still, he gives me the faith, right? So I, I read the word of God and faith comes to me, but it comes the source of that faith is always God. So so that, that's the name of Jesus, right? And so at that name, every knee should bow, every tongue shall confess. And um, uh, many years ago, anybody ever heard of E.W. Kenyon? He, he, was a, he was a really good author back in the 50s or so he was a pastor but he he really um, he had a few things that could be adjusted a little bit you know but he really laid a lot of great groundwork for a lot of faith for what we live in today a lot of you know to me I always think it's interesting that a lot of the things that we know about the Lord and generally about you know charismatic Pentecostal kind of things like faith in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus you know the authority of the believer All those things were the groundwork was laid for that 50 60 70 years ago Uh, and uh, most of the church knows about it but we don't know where it came from right and so ew kenyon was one of the pioneers of that and then it was really folks like brother hagen that kind of picked it up and then tweaked some things and and got them a little bit more accurate uh, and 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 then really helped us to operate in the realm that we're supposed to operate in. we're supposed to operate as as christians empowered by the authority uh, of the name of Jesus through faith in His Word, uh, and that's how we should operate. But until really the fifties, you so you think about that—that's nearly two thousand years. The church has just been stumbling along, right? I mean, we went for centuries with little to no authority, right? Uh, I mean, we had there was, uh, little pockets of miracles here and there, sometimes some great revivals that people would get saved, right, coming to the church, you know. And, and there was lots of revivals over the centuries where there'd be a wave of, of salvations but once people got saved you know their day-to-day life didn't really change much you know they they they'd never figured out how to overcome and live victoriously in this life all the days of the life free from sickness and disease and the plague and you know back uh, 200 years ago if there was any sickness everybody died right i mean nobody there was no medicine right except well let's put a leech on you right? let's see if that works right and or uh, well, let's give you mercury yeah that'll probably help and, and of course you know did that help you know Let's use some lead. I think you know, lead, lead seems like a good idea. What do you think? Uh, no. You know, it, and um, you know, our, our ability to try things was more advanced than our knowledge, right? So we would try things and people would die and go, let's not do that next time, right? I mean, just, uh, that's how they figure things out. You know, okay, that right there, that's not going to work. You know, we just killed 100 people. But, uh, and so, so the church went for centuries with no authority, no power. And yet, this, has this first been in here for 2,000 years, right? Uh, his name through faith in his name. So, uh, folks like E.W. Kenyon really did, and he was a pastor. He really wasn't a traveling minister, but he wrote a lot of great books, um, and and um, and I go back and read them every now and then, you know. And, and like I said, for most part, they're they're just as accurate today as when he wrote wrote them. Like I said, there's there's a few things here and there, but you know they're obvious, and we can we can tweak things uh, and and get some insight into some areas that uh, maybe he didn't even know seventy years ago. Uh, but uh, he said he was uh, actually in ten, somewhere in Tennessee and he was talking about the name of Jesus. And he said a, a lawyer interrupted him and said, uh, do you mean to say that Jesus gave us the power of attorney, the legal right to use his name? So he was talking about using the name of Jesus in, a, in the aspect of authority. And so this lawyer, he's thinking if somebody gives you authority to operate on their behalf, that's called the power of attorney, right? Uh, and today, if you want to have power of attorney, so Say maybe you're sick or something or unable to execute contracts or, you know, open up accounts or, you know, pay off things and uh, and you're unable to do that. You can sign a piece of paper that says, I give this person a power of attorney that they can operate just as if they're me. So they're not me, but they can operate just as if they're me and, and they'll have all the same rights and privileges to sign whatever. And so... Typically what we do now, we have what they call limited power of attorney. So we say, well, they can operate just like me in this one area, right? To buy this house or sell this land or whatever, but it's not an unlimited power of attorney. But, uh, you know, people that are, that are near death, oftentimes they will sign and, and give a, usually a, um, a relative, you know, close family member, full power of attorney that they can do everything on their behalf. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so E.W. Kenyon had never really thought about it in those terms, but, that's what he, but he'd been saying that all along, right? Jesus gave us his name. We operate in the same authority that Jesus had because of his name. Uh, and, and so he said, well, you tell me, right? Uh, did he give us the power of attorney? And, and the attorney said, well, if, if language means anything, then Jesus gave the church the power of attorney. And he really has. If you think about it, you know, uh, it's, he said, uh, that's what Peter said, that his name through faith in his name. So when Jesus was on the earth, did he say, in the name of Jesus, be healed? No. Every now we'll slip up preaching, right? Jesus said to the blind man, Bartimaeus, you know, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And Jesus never did that, right? Because he's Jesus. He didn't have to say the name of Jesus, obviously. But, uh, so we might preach it and accidentally say the name, Jesus said the name of Jesus, but he never did. Uh, and so, uh, but when he left, he said, look, everything I did, here's, here's my name. You can just continue on and doing things just like I was doing, here's my name, power of attorney, I'm leaving, I've got to go somewhere, I've got to go to heaven, sit down at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to leave the earth to you, but you operate, here's, here's the contract, I'm signing a contract in blood, right, the name of, the blood of Jesus was the contract, signed in, signed in blood, and I'm going to hand over the authority of the earth to you in my name, right, and, and that's the, the power of attorney, right, uh, and so, uh, so, uh, then E.W. asked the attorney, he said, what's the value of the power of attorney? He said, it, it depends on how much there is back of it. I like it. it sounds like a, a country preacher, a country attorney maybe. How much is back of it? How much authority, how much power this name represents? Uh, and that kind of set uh, E.W. Kenyon off on a path of, I've got I to gotta research that. Because if you look at it from that standpoint, from that light, then, that, then that's, what's, uh, uh, that's what the name of Jesus means. So, so what he had to go and find out was, you know, if you write the power of attorney, you can execute all the stuff in my name. Well, that's great, but if you have nothing, if you have no assets, right? If you have no bank accounts, uh, if you're broke or you're in, in bankruptcy or, you know, whatever, then, I mean, you can go take that power of attorney and say, I wanna open up a new credit card account. And they will pull up your credit score and go, no, you can't do that. I mean, you have a legal right to go try that, but when they look at how much power and authority is behind that name that they gave you, the power of attorney to use, You've got zero credit score. Sorry, you know, you're, I mean, you can't open up anything, right? Well, I want to buy something. Well, you, can't, you have no money, right? Uh, you know, I, I want to draw all the money out of his account. Well, there's no money in the account. So, uh, so really, the power of attorney is great if there's, you know, if it's power of attorney from a rich relative, right? Uh, and so then you can go say, well, I need to go buy this house or I'm going to buy this gold-plated uh, coffin for his funeral. And they look up and go, oh, you got that name? Well, yeah, no problem. Well, you, want it, you want it six feet or ten feet long, right? I mean, you want it, would you like a pillow with that? A pillow is only $3,000 extra for a pillow, right? Uh, and so, uh, so what, what is behind the name of Jesus? How much power is actually behind the name, right? Because it's what, what, depend, what, what is valuable in the name of Jesus is how much power backs up that name. So, uh, you know, like around here, if I say, well, my name is Chip Bolio you know, people are going to go, who's, who's that, right? So, you know, what I, what I say instead is, is I'm related to Dora Harrison, right? Usually it's what I do, right? And if it's, well, I don't know Dora. Well, how about Bo Booth? Oh, yeah, Bo, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, whatever you want, right? So, see, like, my name doesn't carry nearly as much weight. Now, if you're over in France and you say, they'll be, oh, yeah, yeah, Jean Robert, you know, oh, yeah, we can come in. And so, you know, my name might carry more weight and, in france because it's a french name but around here so i have no problem dropping names you know uh and, you know because i'll go try it i'm like hey you know can i go do this no you can't do this well you know well, well doris said i could oh well doris said yeah i mean I, you know so i i drop names anytime it's necessary i'll drop a name right now i'll try it without dropping a name you know just in case you know it works right and every now and then i get a, a you know a, an acorn thrown at me but uh, uh but sometimes you got to drop a name right what about you know freddie booth oh yeah yeah well yeah I know I'm close with Freddie, you know, so, uh, and if none of those worked then it, then he's John Jones, right? And what, you know, Johnny Jones. Oh, John, oh yeah. Uh, and so, and in fact, it wasn't long ago, I was talking to somebody, we, we looking at some property and, you know, so, nah, I don't know them. What about John? Oh yeah, Johnny. Yeah. We would go wait. Me and John, we did all kinds of things, you know? And, uh, and so I got no pro- I'm a name dropper. All Christians, there should be name droppers, right? We dropped the name of Jesus. Right. Uh, and, and, um, in fact, uh, uh, turn over to, uh, well, we're in Acts chapter 3. Turn over to chapter, uh, I think it's 14 here. Let's see if we can find it. Um, no, no, it's going to be in, maybe it's 19 there. We'll find it here in just a second. Um, yeah, in, in Acts chapter 19, it says in verse 14, And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which, uh, uh, well, let's see, let's read uh, verse 13. It says, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, or my my Bible has a footnote there, witch doctors. So they weren't really Christians, right? It says, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So these were, they were Jewish people, right? But they were kind of, you know in the Jewish world there's a lot of mysticism right a lot a lot of uh, a lot of weird stuff you know that goes on Spiritist spirit spiritualists that you know they're not they're really kind of cultish people so it's not the whole Jewish nation obviously but there's no groups of the Jewish nation just like there is in the Christian world that there's little groups who have really weird doctrine and, and this is a group of people who had really weird doctrine vagabond Jews so they weren't part of a of a local uh organization of any kind they weren't they weren't uh of a synagogue of any kind they were vagabonds right traveling jews exorcists or witch doctors so they'd they go out and have this big show of things and so clearly they had seen paul do things right Uh, and so they said they call over people which had evil spirits the name of the lord jesus saying we adjure you by jesus whom paul preaches and there were seven sons of siva a jew and chief of the priests which did so so these seven so these weren't the only seven did it but they were seven who did do it And the evil spirit so they actually found somebody had a real devil right so sometimes it's for show right they're not really possessed you know and uh, but this time this person really was possessed and the evil spirit that was possessed that person answered to verse 15 and said jesus i know and paul i know but who are you Uh, and the man in whom the evil spirit was was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded Uh, and so so You know, dropping a name is great if you have the faith in the name, right? Because remember, Peter said, and that name through faith in his name, amen? So there are people in the church even who who will use the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. But they don't have any faith in that name, right? They're Christians. I mean, if they died, they go to heaven, right? But they don't really have any faith in the authority of the church or the authority that Jesus is backed up his name with. So, but they see this guy over here do it. And, and you know they they uh, uh, they just follow them. You know I, I saw someone who was oh you got to see this video, you got to see this video. And there's some guy driving in the car. is raining outside, and, and the guy stops the car. He says, "In the name of Jesus, stop raining." And it stopped raining. And they oh, all amazing. I thought, you know, I mean, using the name of Jesus to get it to stop raining for your personal selfish benefit. How is that a a a, a valuable use of the name of Jesus, right? I mean, to, if I'm going to use the name of Jesus just for my personal comfort, right? In the name of Jesus, thermostat, you go down two degrees. I did, you know, I just, I, it just, to me, it was really, it really felt cheap to me, right? You know, that's just, you know, in the name of Jesus, light, you turn green. You know, I know if it was like an emergency, you know, something needed to happen, okay, fine, right? If you need to stop raining so somebody didn't die or, you know what I'm saying, some real valuable use of it. I just, I, I just, I don't know, I just... Uh, um, sometimes I wonder about the church, you know, um, because so so these guys saw it, right? They saw that the name of Jesus was expressed and they just thought, if I go through the same process, I'll get the same results. Of course, they, they were looking at it all from a purely natural standpoint, right? Okay, so did you say in the name of Jesus or by the name of Jesus or do you have to include Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the whole thing so tell me exactly how many syllables you said right and I'm going to say those exact same syllables well that's called superstition right superstition is just following along in the natural realm and hoping that it affects something in the spirit realm Uh, and you know we're not superstitious so we don't use the name of Jesus like a lucky charm or a rabbit's foot we we use the name of Jesus to execute authority to fulfill God's will in the earth right Uh, and so so you've got to be careful about those things, about um, doing things like that, right? Because you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be like this fellow, these these fellows here, these seven fellows, who they said all the right things, right? Did anything happen? No. So now, if you use the name of Jesus because somebody else did, and you're trying to fix your washing machine, whatever, and nothing happened, uh, and you know, should you use it? I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's going to be between you and the Lord, right? If the Lord. Because uh, really, the way you should operate is you are prompted by the Spirit of God to execute the name of Jesus in a circumstance. And that, and so so that's your faith, right? So the faith is, I believe the Spirit of God has commissioned me to execute the name of Jesus in this circumstance. And so therefore, my faith is in the Word of God that uh, I've been given the name, but also in my faith is also in the fact that the Spirit of God has commissioned me to execute authority in this circumstance Uh, and and that's really where a lot of the church misses it because we just try to legalistically follow the word and we run around and we say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus but uh, you know you go back to that man uh, in Acts chapter 3 it says he was laid at the gate beautiful but where was the gate where uh, where was physically the gate in relation to Jerusalem it's at the temple right so it's at the temple well, who else visited the temple besides Peter and John? What, did Jesus ever visit the temple? I mean, he did, right? Through probably all of his life, right? I mean, from we know from 12 years old on for sure he visited the temple. You reckon he ever saw this? It's because they laid him at the gate beautiful daily. So you think Jesus ever saw this fellow? Surely he did, right? And yet, hey, Bob, hey, Joe, why didn't Jesus do anything about it? Well, you've got, to, you've got to assume that it, since it's Jesus, he lived a perfect life. Well, uh, did the Spirit of God ever commission Jesus to speak to that man? No. So, well, why not? I don't know. That's between the Lord and the, and the Lord, right? It's none of my business why the Lord didn't do that. Uh, and so, um, if, if the Spirit of God didn't prompt Jesus to execute authority in that circumstance then Jesus would have been out of order to do that, right? And so, uh, so he had to just leave it alone, amen? Now, when people came to Jesus, see, they were expressing faith in him as the Messiah, right? Even if it was a little faith, sometimes very little faith, but, but always faith, you know, he, he would work with them. But as far as people, he didn't come to him, and he would, you know, remember, he did go find the man at the pool of Bethesda, right? He went and found him. Jesus went to him. Well, why? The Spirit of God promised, you go to that man right there well, how many people were at the, at the Pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5? It says multitudes. Well, how many did Jesus not speak to? Multitudes. Well, why not? There was no prompting, no leading by the Spirit of God to do that, right? And so if there's no leading to do that, then uh, do you have a legal right to use the name? So you don't really have a legal right to use the name because you, you don't have the authority to use that name, right? So, uh, so th- and that's where the church... And, and that's why, you know, that, that circumstance where the fellow was doing it on YouTube, you know, say, hey, look at this. I just, I just really, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I just, I just found it hard to believe that the Spirit of God would say, yeah, go do that. I want you to go tell the rain to stop. Because the Bible says he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. So, I mean, you know, again, was there, I, I don't know. But uh, to me, just down in my spirit, man, it just, it felt really distasteful. It felt really uh, cheapening of the use of the name of Jesus, right? Because the name of Jesus is uh, is there for us to exercise authority, but um, uh, you know what I'm saying so. We're going we're going to leave that, but uh, but uh, we we should really operate uh, the name of Jesus as the Spirit of God prompts us to execute authority. And if He doesn't prompt us, you know, one thing Brother Hagen said a lot that I uh, like his phrase. He said, "I go by." Just as much about what God does say as what He doesn't say. So if He doesn't say they use the name of Jesus, then it's probably a good scenario that you don't use the name of Jesus, right? It's probably a good idea because Jesus walked right by the man at the gate, beautiful, maybe every day. Never said nothing to Him. Jesus walked by uh, hundreds of people probably at the Pool of Bethesda, right? There's a multitude there. Didn't speak to one of them, right? Um, And so... uh, Now, as a Christian, you've got to learn to be okay with that, right? You've got to learn to be okay with, well, the Lord prompted me to do this, so I'm going to do it. The Lord didn't prompt me to do it, so I do nothing. Uh, You know, and and that doesn't mean that, that, um, um, you know, if somebody comes to you, then it's okay because they're coming in faith, right? So in that scenario, we saw from example of Jesus, everybody that came to him got help, right? So if anybody comes to you, then that's fine. But that kind of helps us understand, you know, people say, "Well, why don't you just go to the hospital and just clean out the hospital? I'd be glad to, but the Lord's never told me to do that. So if the Lord doesn't tell me to do that, I have really no authority to do that. And so, because do we know what the hearts of all the people are up there? Do we know if any of them want the Lord? You know, I know sometimes the Lord will, will be merciful to people anyway, but um, so that, that's just, that's just a, a red herring, right? It's just something that just, you know, hypothetical situation you know, people are just using it to, to get away from faith. But, uh, so, the name of Jesus is to be executed when uh, the, either the Spirit of God prompts us or the Word of God is clear in that, right? Because uh, when we lay hands on the sick, we lay hands on the sick, uh, as he said in, in uh, turn over to Mark chapter 16 there, right? So, I wanted to go through just some scenarios about the name of Jesus. Um, and it says here in Mark chapter 16, he says, we call this the great commission. He says in verse 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptizes to be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So what signs follow in my name? They shall cast out devils and speak with new tongues. And really you could preface everything with in my name. In my name they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing in my, uh, in my name, it shall hurt them. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So all of these things we do in his name or by the authority of the name of Jesus, right? Uh, and so uh, one translation says in verse uh, 17 says, And these signs shall accompany them that believe, right? Uh, and so, uh, so the name of Jesus is used uh in uh uh, in this situation where he says uh, they shall cast out devils so anytime we're dealing with any kind of spiritual issues right any you know we call it spiritual warfare but you know uh, we actually had uh, a long discussion a long ago about spiritual warfare right Uh, and so um but anytime we're we're dealing with demonic forces uh as far as uh, the spiritual warfare we do it in the name of Jesus, right? Now, I hear a lot of people in dealing with devils, they, they plead the blood, don't they? You ever heard people plead the blood in, in, uh, in relation to demonic issues? But what did Jesus say we're supposed to do with, with devils? He said, in my name, they shall what? Cast out devils. So he never said to plead my blood to cast the devil out, right? And yet I hear a lot, especially when it comes to demonic influence, I hear many times that's usually when they when they kind of uh, fall over into pleading the blood, uh, and you know I understand in from some, since, from some standpoints if you know the devil's coming and attacking you and saying you're unworthy, you're no count, you're sorry, you know you can say, well you know the blood of Jesus has cleansed me, so i am clean, you know well you're guilty i'm clean you know? well, you did that, I did, but I've been washing the blood, so i 'm clean you know you can you know no no doubt you can use the name of the blood of Jesus to Encourage yourself that, you know, you stand clean before the Lord because of his blood and and that's fine. But that's not that's not there's no authority in that. That's just that's just me uh, in my confession. Right. My confession is I'm a child of God. I'm imperfect, but the blood of Jesus has cleansed me and I stand before him clean. And that's perfectly fine. Right. But that's not, that doesn't empower me to cast the devil out, right? That doesn't, you know, the devil may leave you alone if you realize, well, that's a lost hope there. I, I, can't, I can't convince them there are no count, no value. But if I come in a situation where there's a demonic activity and I need to remove that demonic activity, the only way I can what he says here in Mark 16 is that uh, these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name they shall cast out devils. So that's pretty simple, right? That's pretty clear that if we're going to remove demonic activity... Uh, constrained demonic activity. We do it by authority, right? Not by uh, a mental, you know, uh, uh, trying to prove to the devil that we're smarter or more spiritual or, you know, know more Bible than I do, whatever. But sometimes people use the blood of Jesus to do that. But what did Jesus say here? How are we supposed to do that? Supposed to do it in the name of Jesus, right? Uh, and so uh, let's turn over to... Um, um, uh, we're about out of time here, but let's turn to Matthew 28 here. Let's look at a couple more scenarios. In um, Matthew 28, of course, this is after Jesus was uh, crucified and uh, raised from the dead. Uh, he says here in verse 18, uh, he said, Jesus came and spake unto them, said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So what was his power, this word power there is the word authority, right? So um, other uh, uses of the word power will be uh, in relation to um, like supernatural power, right? Like exousia. This one is, is uh, or, uh, yeah, this one is, uh, uh, this one is exousia, which, which stands for power, right? Authority. So you can read it, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whichever I commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the world. So when we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, call upon the name of Jesus, who's there backing it up? He is, right? I'm with you always, right? So I'm with you always, and I'm going to back up the name of Jesus, right? Uh, And so, so, and we'll probably finish up there for tonight, but um, um, uh, just... uh, Um, Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that. So I just want to go through a few scenarios in the New Testament that shows that our authority is wrapped up in the name of Jesus, right? Mark 16 is pretty clear about that. Acts chapter 3 is pretty clear about that, right? Even Acts chapter 19 is pretty clear about that, uh, that it's the name of Jesus that that empowers the church with the authority, amen? So so our faith is, back to Acts chapter 3, that uh, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man well. So so that's how we operate. And you can add one other component of his name through faith in his name as directed by the Spirit of God to execute the name of Jesus is really the ideal scenario of the Christian, right? Uh, and if we'll do that, see, then we'll have more success, right? If we just start throwing the name of Jesus around like the seven sons of Siva and hope that it works, well, then he said his name through faith in his name. So... The seven sons of Siva, they were Jews, so they weren't Christians. So they had no faith in the name of Jesus. You know, they were just doing it by superstition, like it's a rabbit's foot or a crucifix or a holy water, you know, just holding it up and hoping that that that, uh, that superstition will work. Uh, and that's what happens a lot of times in the church is they have no real faith that when I execute this name, something's going to happen. Um, they just hope that it's going to happen, right? So is it going to happen? not going to happen because, again, his name through what? Faith in his name, right? So before you speak, if you don't know it's going to happen, I would encourage you don't say the name of Jesus because it's not a rabbit's foot, right? It's not superstition. It's Your, your faith is what, is what turns on that power, right? It's not your power, but you're, you're releasing that power by your faith uh, in the name of Jesus. So, so Jesus gave us the great commission. He said, all authority has been given to me. So when he says, go into all the world, then he says, then, then I'm commissioning you with the same authority to go into all the world, and that authority is in my name. So you go into all the world in my name, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we'll, we may talk a little bit about, about that more next week. Uh, because it's kind of a, to me, it's kind of a big deal, right? Uh, we, we saw from Philippians chapter 2 that it's a name that's above every name. And then we see from the other verses that then that name has been handed to us to utilize on the earth to execute the will of God wherever we go, right? So wherever the will of God is not being done, you know, because you could just go ask him, hey, would you mind moving? Well, no. Well, then in, in the name of Jesus, you need to move, right? Well, then, then, then that will cause it to execute, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you use the name of Jesus to get the last chicken leg or whatever it is, right? That's uh, foolishness. But, uh, you know, we've all been around this, this uh, world long enough in the charismatic world that we see silly things like that all the time, don't we, right? And it's unfortunate because it diminishes the real use of the name of Jesus, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and we'll thank the Lord for his word tonight. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus that's been given to us. It was purchased at great price, Father. There was a great cost to humanity, to even God, to, to allow the name of Jesus to come uh, into being that is now greater than every name. In every realm, in every location of the universe, the name of Jesus is greater than, than every name And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, And so, Father, you have then commissioned the church to speak your name on your behalf to execute your will. And so we do that, Father, first of all, with faith. that If we speak the name of Jesus, circumstances will change. And we do it by the unction of the Holy Spirit. When you say to speak the name of Jesus, Father, then we'll speak it. And if you give us no such unction, Father, then we won't treat it like a rabbit's foot and, and like superstition. Uh, we, will, we will hold our tongue and keep silent. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, and Lord, we ask you to help train us to use your name of Jesus effectively, to use it to accomplish your will and your plan in the earth. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we'll, we'll um, look at some other things because really the name of Jesus, there, there's so much in the New Testament that talks about the name of Jesus that uh, I think it would be good to just go through a few more things there and see how we how we do things and and it's funny because a lot of the church you ever notice that some uh, much of the church is uncomfortable saying the name of Jesus right let's say Christ or in your most holy son's name right in the name of the Messiah um, but you say Jesus it, it makes some people uncomfortable you know notice that you know they just can't they can't say the name of Jesus and and I don't know why that is you know I don't know if it's really they're just not really in faith you know I don't I don't not my job to judge them, but, it, but I have noticed that some groups of the church is uncomfortable saying Jesus, right? In his name. I love that. In his name. Well, whose name? Who's his, right? You know, is it Buddha, uh, him, you know, I don't know. Right. Um, I can't, I, you're just saying it. So if you're writing it, you know, you may capitalize his, right? Okay. It's probably J- Jesus, but it could be something else. Right. So we don't know. Anyway, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And, um, if we can uh, take as long as possible to receive the offering, maybe the rain will stop, right, before we get, go outside. So, you know, it's funny because they got to right about there with the roof. I and mean, they're so close, but it only leaks right there. So it'll probably leak on a couple of those things over there. We'll cover that back up with plastic before we go. But um, um, we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And um, like I said, Chris will be back with us. Oh, yeah, and uh, Friday... We've got prayer here tonight, right? Friday night prayer at seven o'clock, um, and um, so if you, that'll be our first prayer meeting since we started this construction. Was it uh, 18, 20 months ago? Seems like it's you know, like it's been a, a, a long time, right? So anyway, so uh, words are going to act like we're done, amen. We're going to be people of faith. We're going to act like the, the sanctuary is done, and we're going to use it like it's done, amen. And uh, and it will get done eventually, amen. So. Uh, Maybe we can pray about that some on Friday and help, help the contractor find people that are willing to work more than a day at a time, right? So there's somebody out there that'll work, amen? And so praise God. Well, be blessed. Uh, stay dry on the way home. We'll see you all on Friday.